1: This is Bruce. This is Trav.
0: And this is Jonathan. On a dark and stormy night, October 20th, 12 years ago, this podcast started.
1: Ba, ba, ba. Okay, yeah. <laughs> See, to Season, the day. Yep, yep. To Season the day. 13 premiere
0: here, folks. That's right. We have, we have closed the can on 12 years of this yeah. Alright, anyways But, you know, uh, this week we are not talking about Bureau 13 uh, We are instead talking about a game that calls itself Called ECB, External Containment Bureau uh, This has recently uh, uh, gone to print They had a Kickstarter for it and I I saw this and said, "Wow, this sounds like something very familiar to me." I wonder how well they did it. Uh, and then, uh, and then, of course, the final one, which is to me the most important, oh, san- yes. sanitation. And we have another term for that in Bureau thirteen. What is that? What is that term? Cleaner
1: agents, I believe.
0: Disposals and eliminations. Yeah, that's the department. Evidence dispersals, what they do right so you get a cleanup kit I love cleanup kit does not you know muric acid by the by the 55 gallon drum <laughs> okay. you know uh, if you've watched uh, the blacklist how many times is there's some there's some guy that's basically pour, you know pouring this stuff you know wearing a, wearing one of those goggle masks and pouring this stuff into a a, a shower curtain lined uh. uh Bathroom tub with some body and all this. Oh no, in. no!
1: I remember that ep- the, the few episodes of the Blacklist I saw years ago. I remember he was called the Stewmaster.
0: Yes, the Stewmaster.
1: That was the guy you went to. I need this body disposed Gone. of. Gone. Nobody will find it.
0: Yeah, nothing. Nothing's left. Basically, dissolves bones, dissolves everything.
1: Yep. It, it, it's funny. I have a player in my game Friday nights. And she is an industrial chemist working at a local oil refinery downriver Detroit. And, you know, we're we're bannering back and forth. And she shot me this look, you know, when I still had gamers, you know, back back in the old days before the dark times and the plague when you could have gamers in your home. And she just looks at me and says, I'm an industrial chemist. I can make it where they never find your body. I'm the GM. I'm a criminal justice major back in the day, and I just, this shudder went right down my spine because I knew exactly what she was talking about. Yeah, people like that. Yeah. But no, I like this. When you're properly equipped, you gain plus one D to redact the effects of radiation, toxins, paranormal energies, or other contact hazards associated with the mission. Yeah, in hero terms, you're Mike Bonkowski.
2: Well, I like this redact mechanic that we'll probably talk about as well. You should That's talk about awesome.
1: right now.
0: Okay. What, you know, what is redaction?
2: Um,
0: it's basically
2: where players can go back and change previous events to their liking. Uh, so uh, I think another time I've, uh, example of it I've seen was in the leverage RPG based off the leverage TV show, which it was called the flashback because, you know, flashing back to previous events was a major part of the TV show. And, And the same thing, you could go back and say, okay, what we saw there isn't quite what happened. This is what really happened. And in this game, Redact pretty much does the same thing. It lets you go back and say, okay, this thing that happened, there's more than what we saw. You know, here's here's what really happened.
1: Well, from what I'm seeing here, what this entails is up to the player. Maybe they use paranormal powers to see an alternate reality. Perhaps they retcon an action or make an incredible display of prowess. And when you redact something, roll dice equal to your character's current resonance and then mark additional resonance based on the highest die result. And the redaction, in turn, affects your resonance. Where you end... Yeah. Right.
0: Okay, that's because resonance is is basically your, your lifespan. The more resonance you have, the lo- less time you have left. Okay, so when you redact, okay, then... Uh, you're gonna, you know, you can end up, you know, uh, you're basically giving gaining yourself reson, uh resonance, okay, uh, and uh, you know, but it's something that you should be willing to do because it a lot because if you see a result that you really don't like that really screws up your plan, okay, then you should redact it so that your plan can go ahead, because I mean you. Otherwise, you've wasted all that effort, right?
1: But there's a risk to redacting. Yes, it is a useful tool, but it is not something you want to abuse because you roll your redactions and you get, you know, depending on lower the number, the more. If it's a one to three, you get a mark three resonance. Now, how resonance works, when you mark six resonance on your agent's character sheet, you clear your resonance track and you mark, okay, I've had six resonance yeah, I'm back to zero, but now I have a power because I've used, like, a latent power to tweak events. That power is now active at level one. And as you gain power levels, you gain more abilities and begin to lose touch with humanity. So, yes, redacting is good, but you don't want to abuse it.
0: Right. And eventually, you're going to basically run out of, you know, as you keep going, you're going to end up... uh, being like I said, somebody that you need to get rid of. Okay, so uh, uh, and then of course the last thing you have is is that you have a supernatural ability. It's it's kind of like uh, uh, oh, uh, paranoia. He says says your job it your job is to uh, as as agents uh, of, of the computer is to seek out and destroy members of secret societies and mutants. And you are a member of a secret society and a mutant. Yeah. So, uh, and there's lots of paranormal powers I'm not going to go through. But basically, these abilities can be used during an action role at the cost of one residence, okay, uh, uh, or uh, to, uh, you know, to succeed at the role or to redact consequences. All right. So that's. uh, and every you know, and this is you have to mark at least one resonance when you use a power, um, and uh, if you and if you use more stuff with the powers, okay, then you get, uh, you know, it costs more resonance. So again, the more supernatural stuff you use, it's really a metric to to. to, to cause you to not want to use these powers if you want your character to live a long time. Now if you want to be awesome, you know, you want to burn the candle at both ends and be awesome and then
1: be out. Use these powers like crazy. But when you get that fourth power, so you can have up to three powers and then just
0: right, but you start with one.
1: Way. Yeah. Well, no, you it says you when you mark six resonance, then you get a par level.
0: Well, it says here, all game all ages begin the game with a latent ability to reach out and manipulate paranormal energies and dimensions, so that means that uh you know the, the they they are doing it
1: well, that's the latent ability that's the whole thing with let's see untes and Robboat can be used during an actual world to cost of one residence or to yeah, you start at zero, you gain that first residence basically if you decide to use a latent ability. Or you use it to redact.
2: Well, it's it's the fact that you can use any of these abilities. At, at the fact is that if you're not certified in the ability, that is basically against bureau rules, and you might get paperwork.
0: Right. Well, you're you're correct, uh, Trav. Because it says the optional rule is all agents may start with the game with one paranormal power, but it's not it's it's not guaranteed. So, the. Um... So in other words, you you may not have the ability, but you can still use it uh, by trying to make it use it during an action roll. So, anyways, um, and there's all kinds of things. There's, I mean, these powers are very powerful actually, and uh, and when you add additional resonance, you could become like super super powerful. Like you know, uh, prowess allows you to like jump from skyscraper to skyscraper. Or stop a moving car, or rip open a reinforced door So, you know, we're talking, we're not talking about minor abilities No
2: These are, these are plot-heavy, major effect abilities
1: Yeah, you can make a, dupl- a duplicate of yourself Yes, right,
0: and uh, which is really weird because that, that, that really adds you with a lot of complications because, you know, you're going you're gonna to have another character running around doing things that may not be related to what you're trying to do.
2: I, I like the last power they list, and it's basically, a uh, all right, I'm done with this character. I want to start a new one now.
0: Oh, Transcendence?
2: Yeah, yeah, basically, if you select this power, you immediately redact all of time and space to conform to your will, and then you transcend. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. your last
1: big hurrah, you know, like, Oh yes, I've healed this person. I brought them back. Brought this agent back from the dead, and I ascend to a higher plane, and I'm done. But that character's alive.
2: Yeah, that, that's the Daniel Jackson power.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: They become an NPC within uh, <laughs> within the background of the bureau. But hey, you know you get. They say this is how you can make your character end mem- memorably.
2: Yeah, the noble yeah, sacrifice. You go, you're going
0: yeah. out with the biggest bang. Yeah. All right. So anyways, um then it goes on to talk a lot more about doing a mission clock, um how to uh uh you know, uh you know, let, letting you know how to do theory rolls and you you roll theory rolls for each uh to answer three questions, which are what is the phenomenon, how can you contain the phenomenon, how will you obfuscate the uh situation. Okay? And If they do a really bad job, then, like, get one to three, theories full of holes, then they're going to have to work, uh, you know, uh, they're going to have to work a lot, work to determine why their answers are wrong. And when you get to action, they're going to start in danger close because they're probably wrong, which means they're either not at the place where they need to be and somebody's being hurt, or they're basically bringing a a knife to a gunfight. We, we thought it was a werewolf. It turned out it was just a, a,
2: a very angry wolf.
0: Yeah it, it turned out to be a uh, cosplayer uh, a furry on PCP <laughs> which which when you attack when you pull out your your uh, you know uh, when you pull out your silver dagger you know or whatever your silver brass knuckles and uh, and they basically uh, rip you a new one uh, because they're on PCP. And, and they act, and, and and you you keep hitting them, and they keep acting like you're not hurting them because that's that's common with PCP. You can get hit by a car on PCP, get up and and uh, run away if you haven't broken a leg, and even if you have is if as long as it's not a you know a, a compound fracture, you could probably still run away as if it didn't happen, and then later on you pay the price.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: But. Um, if you do, if you do get a crit on these things, that means the agent's position will be play it safe, which is the best possible way of of being able to run an adventure. And so you basically go and do all that stuff, go through the mission clock, and at the end you have a mission debrief where the uh, uh, they basically uh, ask a series of questions, uh, which are probably uh, which are. Uh, And they basically get paperwork depending upon how they answer it. The debrief questions are, did you identify, contain, and obfuscate the phenomenon? Number one. Did Did you you do your job? Yeah, did you do your job? Did you avoid civilian witnesses and secure all related evidence? I mean, to me, this is like, I I should be asking these questions. Of my my Bureau 13 players, these are great questions. Did you cover up the identity of the phenomenon? Did you cover up the existence and purpose of the Bureau? Did you avoid civilian casualties and collateral damage? Did you obey all sanctions and prohibitions placed on you by the Bureau? And did all Bureau members return from the mission alive? And undead is not alive. (laughs) Because I've had some missions where, you know, the vampire's like, well, I can, I can, his heart is stopped, but I can make sure he doesn't die.
1: What do you want me to do? And you're just looking at the vampire and go, not helping. Yeah.
0: It's like say well, tick tick tock, you know, because you got three <laughs> minutes until brain death. So, yeah. You know. This meat's going to spoil quick. Ouch. <laughs> oh, man. That is harsh. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. That would be, I mean, ugh. That
1: comment right there, that would stop my table. We'd just be like, aw, geez. Yeah. I
0: think everybody... I'd have to assign everybody a, a minus one on stability loss for that. for hearing that comment.
2: <laughs> I play heartless vampires. What can I you say?
0: Know, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, anyways. So, um, you know, the paperwork is weird because it's kind of like, you know, it's... Uh, I The more I looked at, I mean, it's... Uh, you, know, you basically if you uh, uh, the more paperwork you get the more reprimands you get uh, and the more metric uh, reprimands you get the harder it is to to uh, Basically you see what happens okay um uh, th- this is a bad time to roll high because if you roll a 6 you get reassignment if you roll a crit then uh you basically something something even worse has happened there's a lo- a, a a paranormal phenomenon has become loose in the bureau as a result of your actions and now you've, you know, your next mission is to try to clean up that mess so there's just lots of there's lots of stuff that could be done by players You know, and that's one thing that I think is interesting is that, you know, a a lot of the stuff that goes on here happens, I would say almost equally happens away from the table where you as the player essentially go and, uh, you know, check conspiracy boards. uh, You follow up on leads. You basically do research.
1: No, no. You got to check out the best investigative reporting in the in the in the country.
0: Right. (laughs) What? We're
1: reading the tabloids. Yeah,
0: right. Now, you can re- requisition stuff, uh, uh, you know, from the Bureau that might be very helpful, okay? But that's where you've got to make a fortune roll to check to see whether or not it's uh, it's good, okay? Because if you roll low, it's flawed. Just using it or getting it to function po- poses problems. Uh, four to five is quirky, uh, is questionably sourced Unnecessary, complex, temperamental intelligent, or volatile And it may have limited uses
2: Most of the prototypes Out of Ray Robertson's lab Right, yep, yep,
0: yep, right, yep. right yep. Six is adequate, no special issues uh, And then crit, exceptional It's extraordinary So, uh, and again uh, This asset, once you have it Okay you get It gives you a plus one dice when making fortune rolls Or it allows you to be properly equipped when making an action roll So having these things are is good work It's good things to do So you should do it uh, But just keep in mind the fact that uh, it may add complications Like everything else So uh, they also have long-term projects that characters can do Having to do with basically the development of the character that, uh, that you're playing Um, it's, I wasn't, I, I, this didn't like jazz me up a whole lot.
2: Well, I think this is where you can, you get your, your certification for your, your paranormal powers. So you might have enough, you know, resonance to say, have telekinesis unlocked, but it doesn't count until it's certified and that's where this long-term project will come in, the the workplace training. Once you're certified in telekinesis, then you can use it without adding more paperwork at the end of every mission.
0: Right. Now, one of the things I think is really, really important and and, and it's probably not done enough in a lot of games is they have a recovery mechanic, which is Mm. that you can decide to take time off, you know, to to basically go on vacation. Uh, It could take place in the Bureau or it could be outside, but... It's you trying to relax and become more human.
1: And you can clear your agent's resonance track, which is helpful.
0: Right. So here you are trying to keep this character around for a long time. If you didn't reach the end of the track, which then would trigger a special ability, you could then clear it by this, and now you're starting off at ground zero again. So theoretically... As long as you don't use to generate too much resonance, your character could theoretically last forever. But I don't think that would ever happen because just, there's just it's just too it's just too easy. The, 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 the complications, the, the the danger clocks, things like that. You know, if you want to complete the mission, sometimes you're I mean you're going to have to keep feeding that resonance track basically
2: and the, the the thing to keep in mind also is like all these downtime activities you know it outright says you can only do two between each mission so you can't do you know you're filing your paperwork and request an asset and recover between two two missions you can only do two of those
1: that's understandable yeah you've only got so many hours in the day
2: yeah yeah I do like the first one though the conspiracy board where it's basically you get to Again, the players get to kind of plot out the course of this, you know, mini campaign they're in. They can say, you know, they can try and create a pattern for the missions that the GM creates for them. Because they go digging into the records and, and, and the, the patterns they see around them and, and they make a fortune. Is it a fortune roll?
1: Or theory it's, roll. It's
2: theory roll. Yeah. And they make a theory roll and they're trying to create a theory for the whole like campaign. I like that. That's another thing I like. Again, that that call m- m- bigger, yeah, m- more collaboration with the players in plotting out the the, the storyline.
0: You know, the reason you want to reduce your paperwork is because if you don't reduce your paperwork, then you're going to end up with uh, getting a reprimand. Essentially, mm-hmm. okay, so I mean, I could say, Well, I got like 15 paperwork as a result of this last mission, I'm not going to do anything about it, it's not my problem, okay. And then what will happen is you end up getting a reprimand as a result, which you then go and roll, uh, uh, see what happens. And uh, it may be that you won't be able to go on the next mission, it might mean that you're that you uh, you, be, you get disciplinary action, like prohibit you from using special abilities. Which falls into the, did you obey all sanctions and prohibitions placed on you by the Bureau? Yeah. Okay. And the
2: GM might say, you can't use any firearms. And you're the, the one guy on the team who has firearms.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I know that in Bureau 13, I, we used to have a security rating for people. And we had people that we literally were not only allowed to use a, a, a knife. They had they had no firearms. They weren't used. We had, and, and other people in the team, they were allowed to use, uh, you know, service-to-air missiles. <laughs> okay. same team you know like you know no you are not you are locked out of the uh vehicle uh uh you know missile pod you have you know you 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 do not have the right to use that you know and um uh and, and and i and that was especially after they did some really bad things so uh and i had them all running around it says okay we're relying on body armor fast talking and stabbing people you know so we better be up close to them <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I hope we're not going to run into anything like a vampire because, you know, well, then you'd have to use like Banes anyways, but anyways, that's uh okay. So, uh, yeah. the only thing else was, they we were just kind of talking about at the end saying that, you know, this, this is a generalized idea that, you know, you have to decide, you know, what, uh, what genre you're in. Okay. Uh, uh, what and what is the tech level that you have available to you? Okay. Uh, and by genre, they're talking about, is it going to be like, you know, a procedural, like the X-Files, okay? Or is it going to be primarily about the uh, the agents interacting with each other, you know, creating a huge web of contacts and stuff like that, uh, and, but that's the important part of the game, or is it going to be like a pulpy high-action adventure where you you're constantly putting your lives in danger? Uh, it, it you know depending upon what you want to do, that's going to be it's going to change a lot about how the GM runs the game and how you react to things. Because if you're in a pulpy high-adventure game, you should expect to be able to do crazy off-the-top type things. But if you're in a slow burn procedural, you do over the top things, it just basically it gets you in trouble and you just generates more paperwork for you because you know you're that's that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be connecting yeah. dots, you know, you know, dots to dots, uh as as quietly as possible. So uh it says here is that you know, um you uh you can't learn from uh uh, and from the conspiracy board downtime uh, and make theory rolls. If you don't, uh, you know, if you're not, if you don't, uh, if you're not doing a slow burn,
2: is all players should be on the same page for their expectations about what
0: they can or can't learn. Yeah, right. So you know, you're not going to find somebody you know says hi. I'm the wizard and I know all things. Deep, deep you know, deep throat here. You yeah. <laughs> know, and. uh yeah. And, um, anyways, uh, and the second thing is that what kind of tech, okay, are you going to have, you know, Is it, are you going to have like the tech they had in, uh, uh, Wild Wild West, which was some cute little devices, but that's it.
2: Is this going to be like a, a 1930s pulp, pulpy kind of.
0: Yeah. And it may be set like that. You may be set in the past. Yeah. Are, are, you know, are you going to use like the tech that they had on Fringe? Uh, And not, you know, occasionally encountering strange tech But mostly, you know, things where you'd recognize Or are we going to be like Bureau 13 is Where you have these super high-tech gadgets like MIB or Bureau 13 Or, you know, with things like, you know, time travel and other things going on Uh, You know, do you have have guns that can fire bullets through walls And the wall is not damaged, you know what I'm saying? Phase, Phase bullets I, you know, that's been in a couple of games that I've run, you know, from really high-tech people. Uh, and when when you talked about that, Trav, is that Bureau 13 is it is almost tech level 6, which is the beginning of the Gravity Age.
1: Oh, no, no. I, I've said that it's tech level 7. They are into anti-grav. There's, it it's, it's, they're approaching 8, I think is what I said.
0: Okay. Well, the point is, is that, you know, they are what... I mean, you know, they are way higher than most people realize. You know, they the, the technology is amazingly available to them. And I I've had a really hard time getting my players to understand how high level the tech is. And um, and sometimes it, it works together. We we just had somebody who said, I have this wet uh, I'm this guy who basically lives on the internet and uh I'm like one step away from being like a ghost on the internet itself. And I can control all these systems, and I can go in and out of them freely, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm like, "Mm." you know, and I'm resisting it, because I don't want it to be so, so easy to get every piece of information that essentially he controls the entire game. But it's mostly because the other players don't step up and really go... You know, go balls of the wall. Yeah,
1: with yeah. Their
0: character. So I end up with these, these characters that essentially have a couple of special abilities and that's all they have. Okay. And then I have these other characters that are like super, you know, over the top. And the disparity between the two is tough for me to run it, you know, make the game enjoyable for everybody. Mm, yeah. Well,
1: that, that, for things like that, if you want to give, and just suggestion here for, other GMs as well Let's say you have These characters that yeah I want this power I want to be able to just walk into any Computer system and own it Fine you give them A, a penalty it, You're not nerfing them It's a consequence I'll use An example there is the Fruit Loops F-R-U-G-H-T-L-U-P-E-S It's a D20 game OGL called Center Space, where you have the ability to download stuff into your brain, you know, like Johnny Mnemonic, Matrix-type stuff, and the bigger the computer system. So your guy who wants to hack into systems, you could do something like this. Okay, depending on the system, make a roll. If you download too much information, you know, you could hemorrhage your brain, you could take sanity damage, do things like that. It's like, yeah, he has this ability, but there's a consequence could do something like that to try to temper this wide disparity of character power level. Just just throwing something out there for that. Just, it's like, okay, you can do this, but so they don't try to, um, overshadow everybody else and steal spotlight time. Hmm. Because I'm seeing, yeah, that could be a problem. I I do have a player. She is a very good player. But I have had other gamers leave because she makes these characters and she just knows the OGL that well. And so I have to sit there and try to balance things with uh, gaming groups like that. So I'm, I'm saying, yeah, your guy, you could do that, Bruce. It's just...
2: Put that's why that
1: a caveat, as they say.
2: that's why I find systems that have the the point by system for character creation handy because yeah. you know the, you you are working with a hundred points at least at the start. so
1: oh, so you're you're like in the champions type hero system,
2: GURPS. GURPS is, as yeah, as well as
1: GURPS, that's is another like, one. yeah,
2: yeah, it's like you know, if you want this ability fine, it's going to take up seventy five of your hundred points. Yep. <laughs> so. Uh,
1: or your, or your your ability is going to be at a very low level for now.
2: Or you're going to take on a lot of flaws and, and quirks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to be, yeah, or no, what's the thing in Champions, I remember? Nova Man, he can sit there and destroy stars from his intensive care ward, yeah. <laughs> but no, the, this whole thing with the powers... And I do like the fact that you can do time to recover and clear your agent's resonance track. And let me go back to resonance here, real quick. <sighs> quick would involve me actually having my clicker, my my cursor on the clicker to hit the reverse arrow. There we go. Um, okay, you gain power levels. Okay, I'm seeing that. Um basically for the resonance it's gm's decision saying okay yeah you 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 go on a month vacation a month's leave yeah i'll take off you know maybe two or three resonance off your yeah that's what i'm seeing here is it's it's the gm because it's six resonance every time you gain six resonance the track clears but you gain a power level and so yeah that's up to the gm okay let's see this vacation you're doing nothing but vacationing in Greece, you're not using your powers, you're being a normal human being. Fine. Well, we'll knock down half your resonance because you're gone a month and you're just doing nothing but sailing on the Mediterranean. You know. Yeah, that that's GM decision there, how much resonance you get
0: off I tried to do that in Bureau 13 I said you're all gonna go on a ocean voyage you know you take a cruise down to the uh, eastern Caribbean and just enjoy yourself you've been had a hard time the bureau is is giving you this vacation and they're all like where do they want us to investigate there's supposed yeah, something yeah. going on every mm-hmm. port they went to they're like trying to find out where's the supernatural down here what are they doing they I mean, I had like they went through like a dozen missions before the end of, of the cruise. Okay. And they were all <laughs> they were supposed to go this really nice vacationy type cruise all the way around and then finally end up on this one island and investigate this bank where supposedly a lot of supernatural creatures kept their money. That was what they were supposed to do. But every single place they went to So none of it was a vacation They ended up with more With, with, with greater loss of metal stability Than and, and they started <laughs> off with and, and, uh, But they ended up with a ton of contacts Which was good you know. And a couple of them got some new gear And uh, found a few things but so, but I'm not saying it wasn't fun to do. I'm just saying though, is that the plan was for them to have a kind of enjoy, and they ran into the supernatural. It is supposed to be like, you know, hey, you know, go to the fairy mound and you know have, you know, don't don't eat any food or drink, but you can dance with the fairies and you know and and have fun with them, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and then uh, and then you know leave leave the next morning before time has thrown you 100 years in the future, you know. So. I'm just saying, is it was that was that was what they were supposed to do. (laughs) You were trying
2: to run the obligatory anime beach special.
0: Yeah, right, right. Well, no, I was trying to give them a break from all the (laughs) horrendous stuff they'd just gone through. That's what the beach special's supposed to be.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We
0: know it never ends up that way, right? No, it's like you know, there's always a monster or the. The villains are on the beach next door, or you know the the grandfather wants his daughter to you know ha- produce an his his granddaughter to produce an heir, so you know the, he's he's uh you know, he set up this thing you know, there's like people like armed forces all around making sure nobody bothers them so that they think they're all alone on the island you know they've been washed up on this deserted island and they're you know making <laughs> try. Make Hoping they're going to take advantage of this opportunity when they're totally relying on each other to advance their relationship. Hurry up and make the babies. Yeah, hurry up and make the babies. I need an air. My air needs an air. My air needs air.
1: I got nothing. Just, yeah,
0: okay. Okay. So, uh, anyway, so this is when you create a mission, basically what the gym's responsible for is creating a mission briefing. Which is just a few sentences About the mysterious and strange situation That they, that you're supposed to investigate uh, And gives it a code name Then you have the uh, uh, You have to create a, a mission clock And uh, with consequences When the clock is one half and three quarters full And dire circumstances when the clock is filled So you basically have to plan that ahead That's what's going to happen Six complications at the scene that the agents can respond to as the mission begins At least nine clues Three minimum for each of the identified, contain, and obfuscate And then three to six NPCs That are connected to this particular thing They can serve as complications or help the team Or even be used to uh, obfuscate and contain the phenomenon So, you know, this is basically You know, what the GM has to do Right over here And... Uh, it's uh, I I I like the fact that you know they they're they're being even though they're not being specific at all they're basically saying you need to do this sort of thing which is why I always told people that there always has to be at least three ways to accomplish the mission goal because they'll otherwise they'll never find any of them they'll kill the person the one person you need them to talk to they'll kill that person or they'll chase that person out of town mm-hmm.
2: and even then they'll. They'll still come up with a fourth method on their own and you're just like, okay, we'll go with
0: that. Yeah, well, maybe, but the point is if you don't give them at least three ways to accomplish the goal, then they'll not accomplish the goal at all. So, uh, generally speaking. But oh, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, because going in there and, 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 and letting God sort them out is, is not the right way of of solving any mission, but I've seen it happen. So, yeah. All right. Anyways, that's uh, uh, and and at that point they start doing uh, giving examples. So the the mission code name are uh, Renovication, Open Office Complications, A Strange Trip, and that's it. We have three examples. So uh, you know, each basically talking about you know different kinds of, of, of missions having to do, like one was like kind of interdepartmental. Another one had to do with searching for a cryptid. And then the last one was uh, uh, something supernatural in an in, uh, in old folks home, which happens a lot. <laughs> and they got lots of NPCs, such, you know, on in, in the in the one at the old folks home. The Golden Oaks Retirement Complex, yeah, and that's fifty-three pages, folks. So uh, that's uh, so. What do you think, Travis? Do you you know is this a thumbs up or thumbs down for this game? It,
1: it, it's a thumbs up. It's a new, interesting way to introduce a role-playing game. It, it's like a role-playing game without the 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 campaign-length commitment. You can make it a campaign if you want, because and it's just they are episodic done in four to six hours, the campaign session, the the, the scenario is done that night. So it's good. It, it, it would be a good primer for any role-playing. If you wanted to get somebody into role-playing, this would be a good primer to do it. Okay, this is episodic, we're done in one night, four to six hours, boom. If you want to do it again, save your character sheets and we'll do this again in a couple of weeks. I think this is a good introduction to get people who don't know about role-playing into role-playing and with so much pop culture backing that this has between X-Files, SCP foundation, fringe men in black. Those are all enough in the pop culture consciousness now, or as my one friend used to say, drinking from the same pop culture soup tureen that (laughs) everybody's going to catch. Yeah. Everybody's going to catch on to what these are and, They'll bring in their own, yeah, I want to play an MIB type guy. You know, he's into, you know, he, he's he got the Neuralizer. And yeah, I want to play, you know, the scientist like Walter from Fringe. And so you'll get these characters. And I'm sure the first time you're going to get a lot of people playing Mary, not a mixture between a Mary Sue and a clone.
2: Yeah. They'll
1: want to play like Walter, but it's a 50-year-old woman. Or MIB, but instead of, you know, the smooth Will Smith, it's more grumpy like... Uh, K, you know Tommy Tommy Lee Jones character. You're going to get a lot of that, but it's going to be fun because it it this is a good game to get people out of their shell. As I said, this would be a really good way to introduce, and I'm and I don't mean meanness by this term, mundanes into role playing.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's yeah. It It's specifically designed to bring in new players. Well, and I think it's
2: also good for new GMs as well, because it it has a very set structure to sessions. You know, as a GM, here's what you do to set up the mission. And then here's how each play session goes down. You have the mission briefing. You have the actual mission. You have your mission debrief. You have your uh, downtime. And each one is kind of also laid out for you very specifically.
1: Here's my thing about it the way that you're going to learn GMing with this game is balancing all these clocks. You have, okay, you have the one mission clock, which is eight segments. And it's this long. Then you have all the clocks for, okay, this particular combat or this situation, or we got to break in. It's going to be kind of like the guy balancing the plates on the sticks. So you're going to find out who the GM is because you'll know that this person, okay, they can't keep track of all this stuff. Okay. Next week, you be a player, I want to try. And then you'll find the person who's going to be the GM because they'll know how to keep all those plates spinning on those sticks. You know, as you hear the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, the background music that they do that. So yeah, it's it's as far as GM and player who's who it's gonna, what's that old phrase, gonna separate the wheat from the chaff? You'll find out who your GM is because just you'll see, okay, I see you're having a little problem keeping track of stuff. Okay, this week, let me try.
2: Plus also just how well they can improvise and adjust to unforeseen plans from the players and stuff. Oh, like that. no,
1: no, no. I, uh, the, I I, tell people this, all. as I said, I make it no secret I'm autistic, which means I'm into my patterns, my routines. The one thing that has gotten me to learn to think on my feet, folks, is being a game master for the past
2: <laughs> decades.
1: My players have thrown stuff at me that just have stopped the game, and I'm like, Son of a... And I'm looking in books. Oh, God. And and for... Yes, she doesn't listen to this podcast, but three words that ruin four months of planning. I cast Hallow. Carry. Different carry than the one I mentioned. Anyways. But no, no. This will teach everybody at the table how to improvise because the GM's going to have to learn to improvise. This player just pulled this out of his butt and I got to figure out what the heck I'm going to do. And the player's got to improvise because the GM can throw... Okay, yeah. Oh, by the way, that's not just one where rat in the sewer, it's a swarm. And the players are like, oh crap, we gotta deal with a whole swarm now, and we just have, you know, something to deal with one, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna teach everyone to think we, on. Their
0: feet. We didn't bring a big enough cage, sir.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Or if the sea adventure, we need a bigger boat. Yeah. <sighs>
0: Okay, um, and that's one reason I think that having the clocks out in front of people is good, because that's, you know, you know to be fair, the first person who tries to GM this game is going to do the worst job. <laughs> because it's, it's all going to be new. But the other players, as they see that person struggling with doing the game, they're going to learn the right way of use, of doing this, okay? And then... The next person who does the GMing, then the first player is going to say, yeah, yeah, that's what I should have done. And so, you know, if you keep revolving this around, then eventually everybody's going to be have the ability to run these adventures and, you know, possibly move on to their own groups later on and continue to uh, enlarge, their, enlarge the, the players for this game. Because I'm sure that's the... Uh, uh, the the authors would love lots and lots of people to play this game.
1: Oh no, this game has fantastic potential, and as I said, it's drawn on stuff that, and, and they give you the list of stuff right there. Even if you don't listen to podcasts, or, you know, the don't know about SCP, there's enough pop culture stuff most people are going to know anywhere from one to three of those things.
0: Right. But what I'm trying to say, yeah, what I'm trying to say is this game is very rules light, okay it's, uh, So therefore, once you learn how to properly administer these elements, it's going to, it, you're going to find it very easy to play this game and to adjudicate the results, okay uh, And that's and that's going to make the game a lot more enjoyable for everybody. Because you know, I mean, let's let's face it. You know, the uh, original games that we all cut our teeth on—they had you were expected to to memorize a hundred pages of rules. You know, on eight and a half, you know, basically eight and a half by eleven sheets of paper, and uh, it was just you know, and, and it wasn't just rules. It was also all the equipment you were supposed to know chapter and verse on them, and all this stuff like that. So. This game is is, uh, is is very loose on that. They basically let the players generate most of the the detail. Like this is the equipment I want. Uh, these are the kind of contacts I want. Uh, this is what we're you know. Uh, this is based upon the information you've given us. Uh, this is you know what our our theory is. You know um, if we we could possibly use some powers that we have. You know in order to. Improve our understanding so we can start The game, you know, at a uh, Not at a risky, but a a, um, uh, a safe position Rather than being like, you know, or uh, Lots of things like that, you know um, And they, they made it, they've got lots of Mechanics in there to mitigate Circumstances, which a lot of games Don't have, it's kind of like, well you made Your bed, now you gotta sleep in it Yeah, there's no forgiveness Oh
1: no, the redacting is cool, that and especially, yeah, for new players, when they realize, okay, they realize, this. oh, crap, no, 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 no. And they can do this. You have this option where, yeah, due to you tapping into powers or whatever, you, you've you actually rewrote history a little bit.
0: And, and one of the nice things about the game is that right at the very beginning, it says uh, you have, uh, if you're running the... Uh, uh, running a uh, a copy store uh, You have expressed permission to copy as many copies of this game For the player as you want So everybody can have a copy of the game Though they might say, hey, I don't want you to read anything beyond this page Because that's where the adventure is that I'm running You know, because I, I would highly recommend that people start with the three adventures at the end At least one of them, okay Because that's the easy way And then after you go through it, then it'll be a lot easier for you to come up with your own adventures.
2: Once you've gone through this this process uh, once or twice and gotten running a mission down, then it should it's not that hard to, to start creating them after that point.
0: Now, the negatives I see in this game is, is that uh, it's kind of like been written by a uh, project manager. They have all these clocks and and all these procedurals that you're supposed to do. And on one hand, that may make things very um, you know a lot easier to uh, for the GM to use to control the game and and to progress through it. On the other hand, it's a lot it, it's very much in your face mechanics. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of it definitely goes against the idea of immersion. Uh, but I think that's intentional because they want people to have the flexibility. And once you become too embedded into the uh, into the role playing, a lot of times, you know, you're you find yourself painting yourself into a corner. But this game, you know, by giving options like redacting and other things like that, uh, and sometimes just accepting consequences, that can produce, you know, uh, you can continue because the worst thing that can happen. Generally well two worst things could have. One is you could die Because one of the questions was Did any of the agents die during this mission Okay and the second thing is Your character could become an NPC By essentially just totally blowing out The uh, 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 You know the resonance track
2: Or Getting fired from having too many reprimands
0: Well yeah that that's, That happens too right So there are some you know And, and I think that's that's you know that's Called playing fair with the game. You know, I mean, people should be willing to bear the consequences of their actions, you know, and not just say, well, it's just a game. I mean, that's what role playing is about is playing a role and taking the consequences. So I like the fact that there are consequences, especially if you don't follow the uh, the Bureau of Directives. Okay, something that I see not happening a lot in some of the games I played. Uh, you know, because people just think, well, they just need us so much, so that means we can do whatever we want. Because you know, what's the what are they going to do? Get more agents?
1: My okay, Bruce. My whole thing about when you mentioned about the the clock mechanic, and it was written by a project manager. One, I do see that considering what you do, and you've had to deal with project managers now for quite some time. But I also see this whole clock mechanism. It's an easy as way possible to make give this a mechanic without just this being totally freeform it's an easy mechanic anybody can pick up we all know how to read analog clocks private joke i'll tell you guys later and <laughs> yeah, I know. and and about the clock <laughs> thing analog clocks yeah and so F- filling
0: in the pie
1: is you know right, is, yeah is, trivial is, if you play is, trivial Pursuit, even, even yeah.
0: on w- first grade a first grader can fill in the pie with different right. colors
1: and so this clock <laughs> mechanism I think is probably one of the better ways to okay it's rules light but it's still a rule everybody understands at the table
2: yeah
0: yeah I mean you know if you're if you're trying to do something and the GM sits there and it's, it's got like six six segments and he fills in two segments he's like okay, we got more stuff we got to do here We haven't, you know, we might have gotten through this door But there's something, there's other stuff we're going to have to do In order to finish, you know, completing this this this, this piece of the mission This progress thing and, and so they have to think about this Okay, what else are we dealing with here? And maybe it's, uh, you know, shutting down the security you know, Like I said, first thing might be shutting down the security system Second thing might be getting through the door Third thing might be resolving what to do with the security people Maybe there's internal um, surveillance that needs to be uh, either redacted or um, you know or, or, or blocked in some way, and unless uh, the players see that there's more to be done or how close they are to the end, and that gets them excited. Yeah. Hey, we're almost got this this stupid thing finished.
2: It's a pacing mechanic. It, it helps you pace out your stories um, in in a way that doesn't require like the experience that we would have from being experienced GMs or writers or, you know, performers of, you know, it's helps you pace the story out in a simple and transparent way.
0: Right. If it's easy, you only have four segments. If it's really hard, then you're going to have eight segments. And of course, if it's even harder than that, then you might need to break it into separate clocks. So, you know, um, that's I, I I like that idea as you say it's transparent it encourages the players to because so they can see their progress you know um, it also lets them know that you know it's not if you see a, like a lot of segments it's not as easy as it looks folks so maybe we need to think a little bit harder about what we're doing so it, 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 there's like clues embedded into the into the choices that GM makes when they choose things like the size of clocks.
1: Um, and, and all I'm seeing is the, the Samuel Jackson meme where he's there, he's got the, the, the curly hair and he's just glaring at you. Tick tock. MF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The GM can sit there and go, the clock is ticking. You got three segments left to finish out this task. What you going to do? And it kind of gets players to real, you know, they think on their feet quickly and go, Okay, I need to do this now What am I going to do? Okay, this is the roll Excuse me Roll and see what happens, yeah
0: But it also might mean that there's complications You know, the more segments on the progress clock Means that there are probably complications And you need to think about that And, and be ready to mitigate it when it happens So, it's like, you know, uh, you know do, do, uh, Maybe we need more people yeah, you know, maybe we need more manpower to do this task. Then you know, you can't just have one person doing it. You know, because this is an eight segment. Oh call. wait, where was that about
1: <laughs> I, requisition? Wait a minute.
0: Yeah, you might. We might need to requisition some stuff <laughs>
1: or people. Yeah.
0: Or people, well, well, yeah. I mean, like some of the characters actually have the ability to call in, you know, a uh, some mooks to help out, you know, and that might be something as simple as having them all show up, you know, uh, with 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 signs and protesting outside a gate to distract everybody. Field you know. operations,
1: yeah. You work with a small team of NPCs. You can call on them to receive backup, yeah.
0: And and that distracts everybody in the security because they're all looking over there, not over where you're at. You know, stuff like that, you know, and it's going to use all the tropes. And I, uh, and, and though, you know, you got to have lots of time, but I do recommend going to TV Tropes and uh, examining some of these things because they have a lot of really good ideas, you know. And, um, uh, you know, my favorite is of all time is failure means friendship, defeat means friendship. That's the one where you have an opponent for some, in some way, and by defeating them, they become your best bud.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay? okay?
0: I mean, it's like, you know, you proved yourself, so now I don't have to, like, fight you because I didn't think you were worthy.
1: Okay, kind of like how they had Kirk and Spock in the Kelvin timeline, where they did not start out. Their friendship grew because of their differences, their adversities. But they had the commonality of each having had lost a parent. So, yeah, once they got all that out of the way about how they rolled, you know, how one did everything by the book and the other one, you know, off the cuff, they became a team. Yeah, okay, I got you. You
0: know, and it's used a lot in, of course, in fighting animes and stuff. You know, where you know, you defeat your opponents and they become your biggest supporters because now that you've defeated them, they're not they're not going to obstruct you anymore. Because, you know, in the matter of fact, they're going to have your back because self-love says, I'm great. And if he beat me, he's even greater. Nobody better disrespect him now because he he earned <laughs> he earned his success. I didn't go easy on him.
2: Or you, yeah. Or you go the Dragon Ball route and I want to to learn how to be as strong as him so then I can defeat him again. And, but nobody better get in my way until then. Nobody better hurt him until I can be, hurt him myself.
0: No one kills. No one kills him but me. <laughs> yeah. That actually, I've seen that in in, in uh, I don't know what that's called, but I have seen that in a lot of of movies and anime where the the hero survives because the uh, the the big bad has such a mad on that he's not going to let anybody actually kill him until you get to the very end where he can do it personally. Yeah. So it's a instead of killing they get captured you know instead of uh you know thwarting rather than you know killing and all the other things you know it's it's like you know, uh he says uh, what it was is you know deliver deliver the uh i saw it recently uh, deliver the prisoner to me unspoiled <laughs> it's like, you know and they're all like you don't need legs yeah yeah uh, to tell to talk uh, to give the information to the queen goes, uh, yeah. it's, it's
2: so like you don't want to make a queen and the,
0: and the, and the, and the other guy says he he said unspoiled dude <laughs> so no no
1: that's when you just when you want him unspoiled you're the minion. You're the evil overlord. You look at your minions. Anything you do to him, I do to you. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it actually was in Lord of the Rings. That was where it came. They were they were telling oh, the Uruk Hai yeah. to capture the yeah. hobbits because the hobbits the hobbits were supposed to have the ring, and they knew that at this point, you know, but they didn't realize that the hobbits that they caught weren't actually the ones with the ring, and they didn't know what it was that their 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 spears wanted from the hobbits. So they were like. Oh, yeah. he, says, he says, you know, we're out here in the middle of the woods And we've been running for two days And we're really hungry and haven't had a chance To, to go and uh, hunt food You don't need those legs <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you want to glo- face the big eye by yourself? Go right ahead and... Right, anyways <laughs> uh, So, uh, all in all I would I would give this a, a, a thumbs up Uh You know, I still, uh, and I would say that if you're a a fan of Bureau 13, you might want to look this over just um, as, for two things. One is to help develop, uh, the ideas of developing a character in here are very good. And secondly, uh, uh, I think that some of these mechanics could be brought into the Bureau 13 game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I mean, the BR thirteen is has it's just filled with lore and equipment and all kinds of really cool things, you know. And so you know, it's it's not it's not you know. Uh, th- this is very light on that kind of thing. It's more like you just kind of make it up as you go along or you des- design mm. it at the beginning. Or like I said, it's one of the things you do in between sessions. One of the two things you can do is re- requisition equipment. So after you've gone through these missions, I really think I should have a gun that can fire through walls without hardening the walls. Okay, that's that's where you do a requisition. Okay. But um so these kinds of mechanics I think, you know, might actually help the player uh plan their future as agents. Um and I think that's a really good thing. Anything that gets the players to think, you know, long term about their characters and yeah. how they want them to develop rather than just say, hey, I got a couple of points. Okay, I got a little better in uh uh African um uh theology. Okay, you know, and I, I think that the these broad strokes that this game system uses uh, actually, turn, translates into bigger changes in the character, and that can be a good thing. So, oh yeah, yeah, and it gives you the right to request those things. And I think that's a big problem in a lot of role playing games is the players don't think they have the right to make big requests of the of the game itself.
2: Yeah, there's still kind of that holdover from that like the video game mentality in some cases where it's like, well, if I'm if I'm supposed to have it, it'll get given to me.
0: Ooh. Yeah, that's that's a whole other topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So uh, thanks you guys for helping us uh, go through this. Uh, we do recommend that you get in, in contact with them. Go on the internet, look for uh, ECB, otherwise known as the uh, 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 the External Containment Bureau. Uh, go and uh, order it from the uh, the. Uh, the
1: company that produced
0: it, yeah. Mythic uh, Bla- Gazetteer,
1: yeah. bladesinthe Yeah, it's
0: uh, it's uh, Affinity publisher. Well, actually, it was used producer, used Affinity publisher. But it, yeah, this is it says Mythic uh, Gazetteer,
1: Gazetteer. Yep,
0: and give it a try. I think it's worth a try.
1: Oh yeah, it's Trav approved. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And see see how it works. And if it and if you really like it, if it really works, does a, is really cool for you. Please let us know. Please uh, post to uh, friends of uh, Gaming on the Frontier on Facebook, or a comment uh, on our uh, Tritech Games um, uh, at Podbean.com, or you can also just send a, a personal email to uh, any of the the uh, 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 any of the the, the, the hosts here. Uh, you can find us
1: fairly easily on the internet. Oh, yeah.
2: On the interwebs.
1: Some of us have a bigger digital footprint than others. Yes. yes. Tra- uh,
0: yeah. You know, uh, yes, tra- Trav as the Trav show. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, the Trav cast. Oh, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, it, What's that phrase I say? I'm, I'm like Harry Potter McDonald's, man. I'm everywhere. Yeah. Uh.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, we'll uh, have more for you next week. Until then.